This is the Temple of Geek Microcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Temple of Geek Microcast, Temple of Geek's 15-minute podcast. On this episode, Paul and I discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, Paul, you usually hate Marvel films, so I'll let you go ahead and start off. I don't hate Marvel films, Daniel. Oh, yes, you do. What? So what do you think of this one? I liked it. All right. Not as good, not as good as the first, but I liked it. <clears throat> so, w- what did you what did you like about this film? What did I like about it? Yes. Well, it, it was worthy of a sequel. Um, I did like that. Uh, Let's keep it spoiler free for about five six minutes, and then we'll get into spoilers. Okay. Yeah, I just like the fact that uh, you know we we could expand more on the characters. We could finally meet who uh, Peter Quill's father was because they kind of hinted at that in the first film. Uh, Yondu's uh, classic mohawk actually makes its appearance, and um, yeah, you said without spoilers. And and I don't know, just Drax and Groot and you know the whole gang just coming back. I liked it. I, I really enjoyed the humor in this one. I think they knocked it up like 110 percent from the last one. Um, well, this was definitely targeted. I think at least with the Drax and. Uh, uh, rocket side. I think it was very targeted at the adult side of things. Yeah, the, the humor was great. Uh, the special effects was great. Uh, not trying to spoil too much, but there was a scene at the very beginning where they basically de-aged somebody. And, you know, seeing the de-aging process in Rogue One and then comparing what Disney's doing with the Marvel films, I, I, don't, I don't know where they went wrong in Rogue One. I don't either, uh, and and not to uh, you know lead off into another uh, uh, movie, but I was watching uh, Terminator Genesis again, and I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, how did they get Schwarzenegger down so well? And yeah, you know, like going into Star Wars, it just it couldn't it couldn't you know it didn't work. But yeah, yeah, they did the same thing with Kurt Russell. It looked awesome. Yeah, it looked it, believable. Yeah, it looked very believable. I was like. They did a really good job. I mean, I actually turned to turned to Sandy, my wife, and was like, "They did a really good job de-aging him." No, Sandy's your wife. Oh uh, yeah, but just in case the audience doesn't know. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I actually rate the movie a little higher than you. I actually thought it was a lot better than the first one. Okay. Um, I thought it had so- I thought it had a pretty decent story, and it had it had a lot of action, and at the end, I really had the feels. <laughs> ain't gonna Shut lie. Shut up, dude. I, Shut up. I ain't gonna lie. I teared up at the end. Well, we're gonna talk about that too. So let's go ahead and give the warning. At this point on, we're gonna go ahead and talk about the movie in detail and we're going to be having spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, please turn off this recording and come back to us after you see it. And You are warned. <laughs> and here we go. Story. Uh, basically, Peter Quill and teams at the very beginning of the movie save the Sovereign's uh, batteries from this uh, intergalactic being that basically feeds off the batteries. And after they after they defeat the, the fiend, Rocket Raccoon uh, steals the uh, a couple batteries, and basically the Sovereign chase them, um, forcing them to basically try to time hop, which caused their ship to get damaged during the battle. And they landed on this planet where they met Ego. And you find out Ego is Peter Quill's father. Uh, first of all, for off the bat, I was not expecting Ego to be the villain. 
I wasn't either. Um, I, I really thought the Sovereign was going to be the the main uh, antagonist here. I, I, I think Marvel did a really good job hiding that aspect of it, that, you know, that he was the main big baddie. Well, and, and to a point, because after after a while, and we're going to, I hope we get into that, but after a while, it was starting to reveal itself like, oh, okay, so it's not so much the Sovereign. I mean, the Sovereign were the antagonists. There was the mutiny between the Ravengers and then Ego. But yeah, it, it slowly started to reveal that Ego was the main antagonist. Yeah, I mean, we, we found out during the movie. What I was referring to was during the marketing and stuff of the film. You know, oh, they, oh, I see, I see, yeah. They didn't reveal who the villain was. I mean, it made it look that like the good. Sovereign was going to be the main baddies. That was good. Yes, I um, agree with you. Well played. So so the film takes place. They meet Ego. The Ego takes him to his planet, which you find out is him. Um, kind of creepy with the whole uh, floating brain that becomes a planet. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, basically from there, they find out that he's a bad guy and the Guardians do their thing. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I was a huge Futurama guy. <laughs> and when you just said that, it just made me think about it again when I was, because I saw the movie just yesterday. Um, so when I saw that, I don't know why, if anybody's listening to, or if anybody knows what I'm, I'm about to refer to, but it was an episode in Futurama where it was just the talking brains. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why that made me think of that. I'm like, well, yeah, it was, it was kind of creepy. And I was like, what is this? Is this, am I watching Futurama now? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Talking brain. Don't know what he do, doesn't know what to do with himself. Just create a world. Yeah, so he creates a world around himself, and then he creates basically Ego Prime, which is a human form to search the universe to see if there's others out there. Um, the big revelation that I thought was pretty fucked up in the uh, in the movie was you find out that uh, Ego killed Peter Quill's mother. And you know what? I knew that was coming because the way they kept leaning into that, because he kept saying like, "I couldn't stay, I couldn't stay, I couldn't stay." And I was like, "I bet you this guy killed his mom somehow, like you know, by basically impregnating her with his genes or something." It, somehow killed her but i didn't know he deliberately did that you know that that was the that was the fucked up part yeah i, I was like ooh, and then peter quill didn't <laughs> i love that dude, scene because he that he's, was that was dude that was so great like he was like what <laughs> bitch <laughs> it, it was so awesome because you know he's he's doing that whole phasing thing where like he has the stars in his yeah, eyes he's like, and he's talking yeah. And he, he says he sees eternity, which we'll talk about that here in a second. And then all of a sudden when he said, yep, I had to put a tumor in her head, and like the stars went away. And he's like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would have had to open up a can of whoop-ass as well. Um, the fight scene at the end where they're fighting Ego, and basically Peter starts harnessing his godlike powers. Um, he turns into Pac-Man. <laughs> Wackle, wackle, wackle. Never thought I would see Pac-Man in a Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, you know what else? You know what else was funny about that is, uh, you know, his his Walkman gets destroyed, um, uh, and so <laughs> they introduce a Zune. And you know what it made me do, Daniel? I went and went. I went and got my Zune out. Do you have that Generation to, Zune? I do. I have. I have a second gen. I would hold on to it because I was looking at the prices of the cassette player that he uses in the movie, and uh, those things on eBay are selling for like a thousand dollars. Yeah, I've got. I have my Zoom still. Yep, I would hold on to your Zoom because you might build a. You might build a fork over some cash on eBay for it. 
Nice. Um, yeah, so the I mean, even the movie ends with uh, you find out basically the whole movie was about like parentage, fathers, fathers and sons, fathers and kids, and well, it, it wasn't just that. And I'm glad you. I'm glad. Oh man, I'm I'm so glad you and I are 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 what are you know paying attention to those details. I think James Gunn specifically, if if you look, okay, so it's a sequel. The sequel's titled Volume Two, and if you look at it, two repeats in this film over and over and over, and it's always a pair. So it's Yondu and, and Rocket realizing that they're one and the same. It's Peter meeting his dad, father and son. Nebula and Gamora kind of coming to terms with each other. Uh, Drax and um, Mantis, you know, hilarious just, pairing, by yeah. the way. So then that's what I'm saying. It's like like that was repeated so much in the film, and it was repeated so well. It was done really well that I was just like, it didn't it didn't really grab it until towards the end of the movie. I was like, man, you know, I I, I see the. I see the theme going through this movie. But did you catch the message at the end that if you are to throw away and defeat your ego, that you could live a happy life? No. <laughs> they defeat ego, their ego, their their big headedness, and they go on living a happier life at the end. Uh, I see. I see. Get rid of your ego. <laughs> but you know, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, well, let's let's talk about stuff that uh, that we actually really, really liked in the film. I talked about Peter Quill just going apeshit on his dad once he reveals, makes that revelation about him killing his mom. What else did you like about them? I mean, what else stood out for you? Um, the humor. The humor was like the big thing for me. I, I didn't know how they were going to top the humor from the first one, but I think they did a really good job doing that. Um, the parallels, and I don't know if you caught this, but the parallels to Empire Strikes Back. Um they're they're going into an asteroid field and you know instead of someone saying the the odds of successfully navigating an asteroid field is blah 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 to one you know you have drax going only a very good skilled pilot can navigate this you know it's just like oh yeah I, yeah before uh, ego saved them yeah <laughs> no i did not catch that um so yeah just things like that uh the Gamora Peter Quill relationship getting a little bit deeper. I, I, I'm liking where that the, the direction that's going. You know, they don't come out and you know make out and have you know relationships after a couple months from the first movie. They're still you know toying with the idea of is is there something there. Um, so I mean, I like the way he handled that. Uh, what else? Uh, Mantis. What was your, uh, let, let me let me ask you this. What was what was your what was the scene? What was your favorite scene or a scene that stood out to you the most? Uh, at the very beginning, the very first scene had me laughing my ass off with Baby Groot kind of dancing, kind of flashing back, you know, or I guess paying homage to the first film where Peter Quill's dancing during the opening. Um, a scene that stands out the most, though, I don't know. There's several. Um, the ships doing the whole, like the sovereign ships doing the whole Galaga thing. <laughs> Yeah, that was so, <laughs> so they're all in their pods, and it sounds like a damn arcade. But the ships—I don't know if you've noticed—but the ships were attacking just like the patterns in, our, in yeah, Galaga. I know. Yeah, so, I saw that. And I'm like, wow, you know, Marvel really loves Galaga because they reference Galaga in uh, Avengers. <laughs> in Avengers. But well, I'll tell you—I'll tell you for me, the scene that stood out the most, and 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 the scene is 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 so beautifully done. And I, I don't know if James Gunn specifically did it so people could catch everything. You know, you're talking about parallels, but the, the 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 scene in specific, there was a lot going on as opposed to just what happened, and it was Yondu breaking out of his jail cell. You know, it's it's threefold. One, he 
yes, he gets his mohawk that he has in the comics. Two, he re- well, not in any specific order, but he two he realizes that him and Rocket are one and the same, and that he wasn't led to lead th- those Ravengers. He was led to lead something else, and you know because he's one of, in one generation, he's one of the founding members of the Guardians. And three, he reunites with uh, whatever that wand or arrow Yaku or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and the way and and the music that they they attached to that scene was just like, dude, it was like epic. That was the best scene in the movie. And sp- here comes the spoiler within the spoiler. And then they fucking killed the best guy in this movie off. Why? Yeah, I, if I had one complaint about the movie, it would be why did they kill Yondu? Yes. Now the ending, I'm, I'm, I wasn't I lying. I was actually tearing it. up in that ending. Uh, they, they, they did a really good send off for the character. You know, yeah. at the beginning, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone's character basically said that you know he She's would not never have. Overlock, by the way, <laughs> thank God. Um, he uh, basically told Yondu that he would never have a Ravenger funeral, and you know, with with Yondu doing what he did to save the yeah. galaxy, you know, they all came, all the Ravengers came out and basically did a send off for him. And I mean, that scene was very visually and beautif- beautifully done. And, and not only that, but he also makes mention of something that that gets repeated in a lot of films, and you know, just basically life in general. You know, like you always hear the term, you know, well, blood doesn't ever make you family. Mm-hmm. You know, and what he says is like you know he may be your dad or he may be your father but he's not your daddy and and that was that to me that was a little that was a little tear jerker ish but um with that said now let's talk about things that you did not like in the film well like i said the the, the main thing I, I i didn't agree with was the death of yondu um i didn't like the fact that they were able to kill off a uh, a celestial so easy <laughs> yeah they, yeah that that was one thing um, I think those are probably my two major complaints. Okay, so my yeah, besides the Yondu thing, my only real complaint of the film would be, and I'm gonna stop right there because I want to go back when the first movie came out. It was I had no idea what was the Guardians of the Galaxy other than like this like little three story or uh, three uh story arc episode on um. Uh, what was it? Earth's Mightiest Heroes. When they introduced that, I, I knew who Adam Warlock was because of the Infinity Gauntlet, but I didn't know Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't know any kind of detail with that. So when they now say they we're going to make a Guardians of the Moon, I was like, all right, cool. And then the movie comes out, and it's like it's based in the '80s. It's got all this cool music attached to it. It's got a really good cast. The chemistry's good. The story's good, and, it, and it's a it's a knockout. You know, it's right out of the park. So, like you said, the first you know the opening scene for you with the music and stuff. I thought the music that they were using was so overkill. I mean, they were using they were using soundtracks like almost every other scene. I'm like, come on, really? I mean, I understand the big scenes, you know, like obviously the opening when they go to Ego's planet, when um, you know, obviously they're gonna kill Ego. Uh, you know, you know the the big scenes, yeah. But dude, it was just getting it was overkill for me. I'm like I don't have anything against the songs or anything. I just I just thought it was a little much, and that 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 started to kind of annoy me. But you know, I think they used just as much the same amount of music as they did in the first one. I don't think they did because Cause, they cause it, they played it, almost every single song on the first soundtrack in the move the first movie, and they did the same thing in the sequel. I don't know about that, man. It just seemed it just seemed overkill for me. It just seemed like every other scene it, there was a, a track meme. What it probably was for you was the fact that the first movie did it; they did it well. The second movie came out. Okay, it was more of the same. 
So I think that's probably why you noticed it more. Yeah, because like it's, it's it's almost like they were just okay. Well, it worked in the first film. Let's let's do it again. Well, and it's, it's th- and it's going to happen in the third film. I mean, he's already talking. He said that uh, in one of his interviews, uh, James Gunn said that there's like 500 songs that he's already chosen. That's Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy type songs, and it's just picking the song that's right for the movie. So there, he has a whole bucket of songs that's. That's, oh, and I'm and I'm sorry. And then the other thing that not, it, it wasn't really a big, you know, like nuisance or anything, but it was just Baby Groot. And and I, Baby Groot, uh, James Gunn revealed that that was not his choice. That was a Kevin Feige thing. That like Kevin Feige wanted him to be a baby or not grown up, basically. And I'm like, you know what? That that's okay. It should have worked for me. It, it would have been nice if it would. It was a Baby Groot for, you know, a good quarter of the movie and then afterwards you know how he was like an adolescent in one of the one of the uh uh extra scenes mm-hmm. that would have been okay with me but yeah the baby thing that that i don't know that was i didn't really care too much for that i don't know i kind of enjoyed B- baby Groot. he was he was kind of a breakout um but that's to each his own um 99 <laughs> of the population will disagree with you on that one okay. um so let's talk uh, a little bit about spoilers uh not necessarily spoilers but easter eggs Right off the bat, we got Howard the Duck. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. So I'm expecting in Volume 3, and I'm calling it now, that Howard the Duck will have a bigger role. No, he won't. I'm calling it now. Call um, it now. Because I already called James Gunn. He told me no. Howard the Duck basically escaped from his cell, and he was on that uh, sex planet <laughs> with the sex bots. Uh, just drinking his old drink and having a good time. Um, what are some of the other Easter eggs that you enjoyed? Um, honestly, I don't even remember. Uh, my favorite one was at the very end, uh, when they, when the, the the leaders of the Ravagers get together, um, with, uh, Sylvester Stallone and team. Yeah. What was that all about? That is the original guardians of the galaxy from the comic books. They're the ones from the future. Uh, Sylvester Stallone plays a character called star Hulk. Um, so, uh, there was uh, and Ving Star- Rames is supposed to be Drax and no Ving Char- Ra- Ving Rames is Charlie Twenty Seven, which is the no, character's I'm, name. Well, I'm uh, saying, but he's like the Drax character. Yeah, the basically, big guy. Well, yeah, and then Michelle Kwan is like like Gamora and blah blah blah. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Yo, I'm sorry. No. Michael Rosenbaum actually voiced. Uh, uh, yeah, the one of the characters. Guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that was that was a that was a nod to the original Guardians of the Galaxy uh, before Star Lord took over the team. So well, do you I, do you I thought think that's going to happen. Well, they they are already talking about Sylvester Stallone having a bigger part in the Marvel universe. So he might have his team, and we might see something with that team. I don't know, but uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, another and Easter the, egg I enjoyed the, was the Adam Warlock one at the end. I was just going to say the official Adam Warlock cocoon. Now, what was funny was I, I immediately watched the interview when I got back home, and. Um, one of the things that James Gunn said was he said he regrets putting that Easter egg in the first movie because it was just there just to kind of, Hey, tease, blah, blah, blah. Here's Adam Warlock's cocoon. But now that they have the official cocoon in this movie, you know, he was just kind of, he said that he regret doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do with this Adam Warlock character. So we know he's probably going to be in the third movie. Um, oh, he is. I mean, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. That I understood why they had to kill Yondu off so they can make room for Warlock. That was why. A couple other Easter eggs. We had uh, 
uh, what's his face? Peter Quill's grandfather was seen in the uh, in the scene where the uh, lava crap is trying to engulf that uh, that city that they're in, Minnesota. What was he from? Minnesota? I can't remember what town state he's uh, from. Yeah. But uh, you see Peter Quill's grandfather, so you know Peter Quill's grandfather's alive. One thing I appreciated about this movie is at the very beginning of the movie they said 1980. And then it said 34 years later. So we knew that this movie is taking place in 2014, slightly after the events of the first film. So we have a timeline. So basically, this has fallen in place right now where uh, when Civil War, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier's happening. Okay. But was, see, that that's the thing. Uh, like, the. Oh, man, I don't know how to. I mean, we this, this is another podcast. I mean, as far as like timeline goes, <laughs> because remember we were trying to we were trying to come up with like, okay, well, when did the first film come out? Which, we were trying to we were, we were trying to figure that out. We we're like, okay, well, if when when the first Guardians came out, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I should have been specific with that. Yeah, the first Guardians film came out because remember we were Stacy and I were trying to we were trying to pin exactly. At what point was Guardians happening in relation to the Earth heroes? You know, I'm going to go back and watch that movie one more time, but I could have swore it said, at the very beginning of the movie, it said 1980-whatever it was, the year that he left, and then it fast-forwarded, it said like 15 years later, 17 years later, or something like that. Right, right. But Um, but what I'm saying is like in relation to what was happening, yeah, I understand from Earth years, you know, to... You know, basically explain Peter Quill's age. I think that's the reason why they were throwing that number out. But in, in relation to the timeline as far as what's what's going on in Earth, because remember, time is relative, spins slower and faster depending on where you're at. Well, I, I, th- I think since the film actually gave us a definitive timeline in this one, 34 years later, and we know that this movie just takes place months after the first one, we can probably safely assume this is taken, the first film took place the same time Civil, uh, Winter Soldier was happening. No, because, and, and this is why I'm saying that is because when that when that blob happens, you would have thought that they would have put in an Avenger, you know, Tony or uh, possibly, Thor. but it was only happening in that one state. It doesn't matter. I mean, you would think they would have made mention Shield or something. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I think the Guardians. I think the Guardians movie are happening way before the events of. Uh, like like the first Iron Man, basically. Well, we we I mean, the second movie proves that wrong because I I'm telling you it says 1980 to begin and then it says 34 years later. Yeah, but again, I mean, all all that's saying is that when, you're you're just basing it off when Winter Soldier came out in a calendar year. That doesn't that that calendar year has nothing to do when that movie came out. I mean, the 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 timeline itself. The events of the main Marvel films usually take place the year they come out. So where Iron Man that say that. Iron Man's taking place in 2008. Okay, cuz we had this discussion before. Because it, I I can't even remember which movie it is. One of the movies they said when you came out 8 years ago, um they're, they're eight years ago, but did they say eight years ago in 2008? Did they say that? They don't specifically say 2008, but they're that's talking about they're talking about the saying. year that they're in. All right, uh, we, well, we can agree to disagree on that. Because, <laughs> like I said, I was trying to I was trying to figure out. Like I said, I, I really do believe that Iron Man two happens before the events of the Incredible Hulk because that 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 cameo at the end makes no sense if it goes. The way that they released it, that well, makes no, no that sense. You're, you are right. It, it does. It, it's it's like we we've decided, and I thought you and I both agreed on this that 
the incredible the events of Incredible Hulk starts taking place around maybe the second half of Iron Man two, because right. at the end of Iron Man two you see the events on a news broadcast. That- and at that time, remember in, in event the events of Iron Man two. He was quote unquote kicked out of the Avengers program. Correct. So it would make no sense for <laughs> that scene at the end of Iron or the scene at the end of the of the Hulk where he says, "Well, what if we're putting a team together?" If he wasn't a part of the team yet, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm saying. Is like like I I don't know I'm I don't know man I'm convinced that Guardians is still happening before New York, at least New York. Well, I think we will find out for sure when we see Avengers three next year. Most definitely. Uh, before we wrap up, any other favorite moments? Um, no. One one favorite moment of mine is the interaction between Jackson uh, Drax and Mantis. Uh, you know him calling her ugly throughout the entire film, and then at the very end, he's just like, "You're beautiful on the inside." <laughs> I was yeah. just I was just dying. Those those two are hilarious. Um. A scene that they did, uh, you know, you're asking me about a favorite scene. A scene I think that they they did really, really beautifully well was when Drax is sitting there with Mantis having that little moment when they're outside. And Drax is talking about, you know, with his straight face, not showing any emotion, talking about how him and his daughter did whatever it was. I went to the lake or whatever it was. And she touches him. And you see in her basically the sadness and all that stuff coming from Drax that he's, you know, not revealing any of that. I thought that was a really cool scene. Oh, dude, dude, I forgot to mention this. Uh, so, <laughs> all right, so I mentioned that the, you know, that the whole brain thing, like, reminded me of a Futurama episode. The other thing is, like, and I found this very, 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 like, ripoff, kind of. They arrive at the planet, you know, Ego's planet. And they start asking questions. Hey, where do you come from? And and the visual he starts giving was like almost, dude. It was like almost carbon copy exactly what happened on Man of Steel. Clark arrives at the ship, and then he starts asking questions to the consciousness, which is the body of Jor-el. And when he starts explaining, it's like in that weird animation. And then Marvel does it. Their <laughs> seriously, I, was, I thought I was I, seriously. I thought I was watching another scene from Man of Steel. I don't know. I just thought i'd point that out there man i still had an original moment moment dc forever <laughs> well on that note we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode of the temple of geek microcast if you have any questions or comments feel free to email me at info at templeofgeek.com also why don't you head over to itunes and stitcher and really rate our show because we need those ratings until next time we are Peace. out